you are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. I would say it's going to be May, but it is May, May the 1st, Wednesday. No live episode last night. I'm your host, Moose Michaels, by the way. The reason for that was uh, some time constraints. Had to spend the time with uh, the family, the wife, the baby boy, because they graciously allowed me to spend three hours of my time to go see Avengers Endgame. And if you've not seen the new Avengers movie, what a satisfying ending to the last 10 years of Marvel movies. Did it do everything perfectly? No, it didn't do everything perfectly, but it really kind of tied a bow. It was a great movie. As I've been telling people, I'm not going to do any spoilers here, but as I've been telling people, it was the fastest three hours that I've experienced in a long time. It didn't feel like a three-hour movie. It didn't feel like a three-hour movie at all. There was a couple of forced parts in there, but overall, um, if you're going to go see it, in my uh, in my very personal like quick 10-cent 10 cent, 10 second review. Uh, it focuses on the original Avengers. So, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Black Widow, Hawkeye. And each one of them has a, uh, and the, did I say the Hulk? The Hulk too. Uh, each one of them has kind of their own storyline going on. And it's just, oh, so good. Thor is hilarious in the movie. And what it sets up for him, it seems to be very interesting. Same thing with uh, with uh, Cap and the rest of the Avengers as well. I I, I just got to tell you, it's it's a good movie. It, it's unsurprising it's made as much money as it has. Um, want to say uh, real fast too, you can catch us on the uh, brand new Himalaya podcasting app or on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. And a big thanks to our sponsor. For the show, Zip Recruiter. Hiring used to be hard. If you've ever had to do it, you know that it's just stressful and you would almost rather do the job yourself. Zip Recruiter is here to help take that stress out. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. Hiring can be easy with that website, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. So here's what it does. You get your job all together, you get on ZipRecruiter, and then it sends it to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. Nope. They have powerful matching technology, so ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. So as those applications come in, ZipRecruiter then analyzes each one of them and then spotlights the top candidates. So you never got to miss a great match, right? And by the way, this method is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. First day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. On today's show, the first segment, Cardinals win another one, beating the Nationals 3-2 last night. Their record on the season now 19-10. Best record in the National League. 
the National League as a whole belongs to the Cardinals. And a lot of that, and thanks to Adam Wainwright. So we're going to take a quick look at the game, but we're going to mostly focus on Waino. Um, In our second segment, we're going to talk to author Jason Turbo. I uh, I recorded an interview with him late last night after getting back uh, from the movies. Uh, after the family went to bed, and we talk about his book, The Baseball Codes. We talk about the unwritten rules of baseball, as well as his, uh, as his new book about the Dodgers, They Bled Blue, covering the uh, 1981 Dodgers and uh, what that team uh, did and meant to the community of Los Angeles. I know it's not a Cardinals book, but hey, Jason's a great author, and uh, we're going to get him to write a book about the Cardinals. So you'll, if you can come up with a topic, let us know at LockedOnSTL or at Moose Michaels, or him at Baseball Cuts. But we'll get more into that later. First, let's get into the game. 3-2, Cardinals win over the Nationals. Again, like we said, the Cardinals now 19-10 and 10 on the season. This game uh, featured offense probably, I, want, I don't want to say from unlikely sources, because we're used to seeing uh, uh, Wong and Bader, uh, you know, get things going. But an unusually quiet night here recently from basically the top of the lineup. Uh, of the uh, top four batters, DeYoung, the only one to uh, get a hit. He also got a walk. Carpenter walked as well. But uh, Goldschmidt and Ozuna, uh, according to the box score, a couple of offers. Now, I didn't actually get to watch the game because I was watching Avengers. But I was following along as uh, best I could. Wainwright, though, as I said, the star of the game. Six and a third innings pitched, six hits, two earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Both those runs on the home run is ERA now at 3.73. Can we stop calling for Wainwright's retirement? I see this all the time on Twitter. I see it all the time on blogs. You know, Wayno, he just needs, it's time to hang it up. Time to hang it up and look forward to getting that red jacket. And he will get a red jacket, there is no doubt in my mind. He will be a Cardinal Hall of Famer, probably a first ballot Cardinal Hall of Famer. But thus far, Wainwright has been the most consistent and most effective starting pitcher we've had all season. Yes, you've had Flaherty do do good at games and do good at times. You've had Michaelis do good at times. You know, you had a little stretch there where Hudson did give up a home run. I guess we have to count that as good, too. But Wainwright has been, it's, it's almost as if he realizes he's got to be better than what he is. And I think he realizes, too, that if he wants to keep playing, he's got to figure it out. 37 years old, and, you know, he's not the ace of the staff, but he's that veteran presence. And there's no reason to think that he's anywhere even close to done if he keeps this up at all. You know, I, I just think that he's he's what that pitching staff needs to help pull itself together. He's going to be that leader uh, in, in, the, in the clubhouse for the pitching staff because he has to be. You know, I don't know if you've ever taken a look at BaseballSavant.com. All kinds of good, 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 good information there. Wainwright's got six pitches. He's got a curve, a sinker, a cutter, a four-seamer, a changeup, and a slider. Now, he relies on that curve almost 40% of the time. And uh, sometimes he gets gets drilled on it. 
you know, if he, he lets it hang up. The sinker is next at just under 30%. The cutter at 23.9%. The four-seam fastball barely throws it. Occasionally he does. 7.3%. The changeup even less at 0.6. And then the slider at 0.3. Now, I could be wrong. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this is absolute like you know gospel truth or anything, but I feel like a few years ago he threw the changeup a lot more because didn't didn't him and Chris Carpenter both have the the circle change going on? I feel like he threw that a lot more than he used to. Anyway, the curveball still working for him, and he's starting to reinvent himself as a pitcher, kind of the same way that Justin Verlander did. And if he continues on this trend, he's gonna be just fine. Just fine. In fact, uh, taking a look at his splits and uh, seeing where he gets the most trouble. The most trouble seems to come in the first inning. He has an ERA of nine. But if he can get through that first inning, things tend, tend to calm down. There's a little bit of a bump at the third inning. But after that, it's pretty good. The seventh inning, he's only pitched a third of an inning, so we're not going to count the 27 ERA at all. It's his first time to the seventh. But he's going a little bit longer each time. So for those of you calling for Wainwright's retirement, for those of you saying that Wainwright is done, you might want to slow your roll on that because Wainwright is almost just as responsible, at least during his starts as the lineup is, for securing those wins for the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, how can you... I mean, Wainwright is an institution in the Cardinals, just like just like Yachty, just like Yachty. So I don't understand it. Wayno, you keep pitching just as long as you want to, man. You've got my full support. Yeah, I admit earlier in the season I said he might be done when he got nailed like that, but then he put in a good start. Then he put in another good start, and then another good start. So guess what? Mm-hmm. You got to let him keep going. You ride the hot hand. And right now, Wainwright has earned every bit of the chance that uh, we will give him this season. Absolutely. From, what, the last 13 years? Been one of the best pitchers that the Cardinals have had in a long time? Yeah. He's going to get a chance. Check us out on the brand-new Himalaya podcasting app, Curated Playlist. Beautiful UI. It is a, an amazing way to listen to your favorite shows. Check it out now in your app store, the Himalaya podcasting app. Good stuff there. I use the listen to podcast. You should too. Coming up in our next segment, we will be talking to Jason Turbo, author of The Baseball Codes, Dynastic, Bombastic, Fantastic, a book about the 1970s Oakland A's, and his new book, They Bled Blue, about the 1981 Dodgers. That's going to be coming up in our next segment. First, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, the show, Zip Recruiter. Hiring's hard. It stinks. It sucks. You don't want to do it. You don't want to mess with it. But there is one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connected to qualified candidates is what they do. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. Mm-hmm. Here's what it does. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. They got powerful matching technology. This is like a dating service for your job. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. Now, as applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlights the top candidates, 
so you never miss a great match. This is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. One day, you could have a quality candidate 80% of the time. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ziprecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, ziprecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Welcome back to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Moose Michaels, and you can catch us in the brand-new Himalaya podcasting app. We're also on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, anywhere that you listen to your favorite show. And I am very pleased to have Jason Turbo in this segment with us. He's the author of The Baseball Codes, Dynastic, Bombastic, Fantastic, a book about the uh, Oakland A's in the 70s. And you got a new book, Jason, They Bled Blue, about the 1981 Dodgers. And uh, it seems like every time I uh, look at your Twitter, you got something new coming out. I got to keep paying the bills, right? I got I got to keep my my kids in cleats. <laughs> You're a little league coach, right? <laughs> I'm a little league coach and a travel ball coach. Uh and then it's you know the the more I can be around the game, the the happier I am. And now that I got a little kid to to indoctrinate into my sordid ways, the uh it's, it's become a family affair. That, that's how baseball should be. I have a nine-month-old here at the house, and uh, I'm already just – all he watches is, is Cardinals baseball. That's it. Yeah, well, we, we, we've got a Giants fan in this house, so you know maybe our kids can get together someday and fight. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, like I said, we got we got three. Uh, you got three books out, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on your new one here in just a moment. Uh, I wanted to bring you on because a few years back, I read your book, The Baseball Codes, which was just such an eye opening book about the unwritten rules of baseball. And you know, it, it seems like every season now, the unwritten rules come back. And it's always in a in a derogatory manner without ever realizing what they're there for. So, uh, if you could, for our listeners, if you could sum up the unwritten rules of baseball and what they're for, uh, in just like a couple of sentences, what would you what would you say? Oh, I'd say eighty percent of the unwritten rules are are just about respect and enforcing respect. You know, respecting teammates, respecting opponents, respecting the game at large. And what we've been seeing in the last uh, 8, 10, maybe even 15 years is a pretty quick readaption uh, to, to the definition of what respect is. Right? I mean, once upon a time, flipping a bat would be considered disrespectful to the pitcher. Then Yasiel Puig came along and made it the mainstream. And, and, and suddenly, maybe it wasn't disrespectful. And then, and then Major League Baseball came out with an entire ad campaign about let the kids play. And so now institutionally, we're, we're told it's not disrespectful, which is all good and fine until Tim Anderson flips his bat and the Royals find it dis- disrespectful. And now no one knows how to take anything anymore. It's, uh, it's all very confusing. <laughs> well, if people haven't picked up your book, The Baseball Codes, I, I, I really recommend it. you got a lot of great stories in there from the Jason Grimsley incident to uh, – Nolan Ryan's bow tie pitches, uh, among many others. Now, one thing that was of consternation to uh, Cardinals fans, and that, that's that's mainly who I deal with, um, early on in the season, Christian Yelich absolutely owned the Cardinals. I mean, just hitting mm-hmm. home run after home run. He wasn't any good against anybody but St. Louis. 
And I kept saying, I don't, and I, and I still say it, I don't advocate being hit or hitting anybody with a baseball, but pitch him inside a little bit. And the moment I said that, you would have thought that, that Brewers fans had gone bananas, that I was calling for his head and all this other stuff. Now, what's the difference between pitching inside to kind of make the batter uncomfortable as opposed to a head hunting? Well, it's your job as a pitcher to make the hitter uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. There's, there's virtually never a time when, when it's okay to intentionally hit someone, although that, that definitely happens. Uh, but there's a huge difference between moving a guy's feet and, and trying to, to drill him in the, in the ribs or in the, in the backside. You know, batters get comfortable against pitchers. I mean, Yelich, is, Yelich is standing in there unafraid of, of, of balls inside. Uh, he's reaching for balls on the outside part of the plate. It's incumbent upon the pitcher to, to make him move his feet, make him think about where the next pitch might end up. Uh, deal with the, the inside fastball on his hands uh, to the point that he, he can't get around on it and may have to back up. How else are you going to stop the guy? Like it's, it's, don't hit him, but certainly make him uncomfortable. There's, there's nothing wrong with that theory. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, that's what I've been saying all along. And that's also part of the, I would say that's also part of the unwritten rules. Again, we're not calling for anyone to get hit, but you can't just let a batter stand up there and own you. And pitching inside. Well, you know, it's, go ahead. Oh, that's, you're absolutely right. And, and you can look at it in, in the terms of a single batter like Yelich. You can look at it in terms of a lineup that's having a ton of success. You know, there is a, a, you know, unwritten rules about what to do after guys go back to back to back and, and what a pitcher should do. And, and that's not even really an unwritten rule so much as just good strategy. You know, if guys are getting too comfortable, make them less comfortable. You know, you're, you're trying to succeed out there as a pitcher. And, and making guys think about something other than the pitch they want to hit only helps you. We're talking with Jason Turbo at Baseball Codes on Twitter, uh, baseballcodes.com as well, and that's just one of his three books, Dynastic, Bombastic, Fantastic, uh, about the uh, Oakland A's in the 70s, which I've read and is amazing. Uh, your new book, They Bled Blue, about the 1981 Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, we talk about the Cardinals here, but the, the Dodgers, of course, uh, another one of those uh, franchises in baseball, along with the Yankees and the Giants and the Cubs, that, have, uh, that just have that distinct... Uh, you, you know, you know who you're talking about. You, everyone knows who the Dodgers are. What's this new book about? Uh, it's about the, the the 1981 Los Angeles Dodgers, who were noteworthy because they won the World Series. But but beyond that, that that season was was wildly interesting uh, for them. It being the strike year, you know, the first the first year of split season baseball. It was the final season for their storied infield of of Garvey say. A Russell and Lopes, who played together for twice as long as, as the next most durable infield in big league history. Uh, but most of all, it was the year of Fernando Mania. And Fernando Valenzuela burst on the scene almost literally from nowhere, having spent just uh, you know a few months at AA prior to that, uh, and you know, having, having come up off you know, a dusty truck farm in Mexico, not speaking English at 20 years old, and, and, and starting opening day for the Dodgers through a series of injuries, throwing a shutout on opening day, and before anyone knew what was happening, the guy had, had gone eight and zero in his first eight starts, with I think five complete games, uh, five shutouts. His ERA was zero point five. It was the best start in Major League history. And the Dodgers, who had been struggling to find 
you know, their Hispanic fan base in the midst of L.A., you know, surrounded by, uh, you know, Mexican expats, suddenly had their guy, right? They've, they've been trying since 1958 to, to attract Hispanic fans at the ballpark, and Fernando single-handedly created more baseball fans than anyone in Major League history to that point. And it became a giant mariachi party in the, in the Dodger Stadium grandstand. And you know, e- even the players were amazed. Like, everybody loved the vibe that was going on in Dodger Stadium that year. Now, is They Bled Blue, is that out already? Or, or was I, am I right in thinking it comes out in, uh, well, I guess May? Uh, you're almost right. It comes out June 4th. June 4th, okay. Because so I'm looking June at... June 4th. It, I saw on Twitter you were recording the audiobook. Yeah, I just got back from Los Angeles recording the audiobook. Uh, I, I, my publisher, Hot Mifflin Harcourt, has uh, a couple baseball books coming out, and they, they wanted to stagger them so as, so as not to compete with each other for uh, press attention. Uh, as each is released. Now, what would what would we have to do to get you to do a book about the Cardinals? You, you know, I'm I, I've got nothing against the Cardinals. Good Lord, I'm I'm a lifelong Giants fan. So if I can write a, a, a book about the Dodgers, I think I can write a book about anybody. Um, it's a matter of finding kind of that magical moment when everything coalesced, both in terms of success and interesting characters in the clubhouse and. You know, a lot of a lot of subtext, and the most with, with the most vital piece being that no one has written a book about it before. Well, I was going to so, say that. I was going to say the 1968 season, but almost everybody, including Bob Gibson, has written books about that before. Right, exactly. And I've, I've read that book, and they're great. And I've read Peter Golenbach's book about the Cardinals. I mean, there's there's good Cardinals literature out there. So I'm I'll tell you what, we'll do some digging, see if we can find a. Uh, a good angle for me. I'm always looking for something good to write. There we go. And uh, I, I tell you, I'll throw that to my listeners. They can find a good angle. Uh, they can tweet you, Jason Turbo, at Baseball Codes. Again, the website, BaseballCodes.com. I greatly recommend uh, both the Baseball Codes and Dynastic, Bombastic, and Fantastic. I'm sure uh, They Bled Blue will be good as well. I read uh, I read the Oakland A's book uh, last year, and it was – I, I really had no idea about Charlie Finley at that point about how eccentric he was. So uh, that book is great. I'm sure, uh, of course, They Bled Blue is also going to be awesome. Jason, uh, it's late, and I just want to say thank you for uh, spending some time with us, and uh, we'll have to get you back on again soon. Hey, Moose, I'm always happy to talk. Thanks for having me on. Big thanks to Jason Turbo for uh, joining us on the show today on Locked on Cardinals. Again, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. want to remind you, you can uh, check out Jason's blog at baseballcodes.com where he consistently goes over violations of baseball's unwritten rules. His uh, new book, They Bled Blue, the 1981 Dodgers, or the story of the 1981 Dodgers. I hope I'm saying that right, Jason. Uh, comes out in June, and uh, yeah, we appreciate him being on the show. We're going to have him back when we uh, see particular rule violations ourselves to the Cardinals. All right, it's been Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Big thanks to our sponsor, Zip Recruiter. Also, uh, check us out on the brand-new Himalaya podcasting app, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. I'm getting out of here. We'll see you uh, tonight, maybe. Try to do a live episode tonight. We will see. Uh, anyway, if you're listening to this podcast and it's how you mainly listen to it, we'll have a new podcast up tomorrow morning as well. You drink a brewski for the mooski. I'm out.